the Full 10 Yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL Season Guide. The boys have been working really hard this off-season to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including off-season wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. But there's more. We've also got an interview with TV personality Nat Coombs, along with a view from the sideline where a fan from every team gives their thoughts on the upcoming season. We include information on how you can support the game in the UK and information on how you can follow us and our work as we aim to invest our profits to help more people become coaches or officials in the UK. When you buy this guide, we will also give you a free PDF version of the guide so you can have it with you on the go at all times. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices all for just a one off payment of 10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone, whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up. This guide is for everyone. It's got everything you need to know about all 32 teams. Well worth anyone's money. And you're putting money back into the BAFA community to help pay for coaching and refereeing courses. So there you go, folks. Go grab yourself a copy today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And as always, keep those eyes peeled. Eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. I don't know about you two, but I am stoked. Football is just around the corner. This is tipped to be the busiest weekend of the year for fantasy football drafting. So we are in full swing, which is really the time that we uh, we make our proverbial money, as it were, in the in the fantasy community. I am, of course, joined as ever by James and Rob. James, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. It's... Uh... It's not absolutely hurling it down and it's not a heat wave. So it, I can't understand what's going on with the weather today. Well, yes, we're uh, recording on Saturday morning. So for, for various different reasons, we can't have our usual uh, Friday evening slot anymore. So, yeah, it feels weird for us to be together on a, on a Saturday morning where the temperature isn't too unbearable. And Rob, I welcome you in. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, good. I'm just looking out my window. It's really, really, really windy. Um, but I don't care because it's draft weekend. Woo! <laughs> yes. So I've got my uh, home league draft this weekend. So as soon as we finish recording this, I am off to Stratford-upon-Avon for a couple of nights to um, meet up with my high school buddies who I've not seen for, well, since last draft weekend. So that's always a good one for us. So um, plenty of prep going in for that. And in the last week since we've last spoken, I've had a bit of a strange Twitter interaction. So I put out a tweet when uh, Des Bryant was visiting the, the Ravens um, as a potential sign-up there. And um, people were saying, oh, he's too old, he's past it, et cetera, et cetera. But people don't actually realise that he's not that old. So I put out a list of receivers that are actually still playing that are older than Des Bryant, which are Larry Fitzgerald, Danny Amendola, 
Ted Ginn, Julian Edelman, Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate, and Antonio Brown. And then a couple of days later, I received a tweet off Deshaun Jackson's mum. <laughs> which, which she tweeted <laughs> what is the relevance of this list David especially when the average career length is about 3.3 years for players across the NFL these men are an hashtag elite class of professionals with hashtag god given talent and highly re- accomplished on and off the field hashtag respect and I was <laughs> I was completely um, blown away by that the fact that G Jackson had uh, got in touch with me but she'd completely missed my point in that I was agreeing with her that there are still players playing at this high level at that age and Des Bryant could could well be one of them so um, I think she missed my point there but that was an unexpected one to see because obviously myself and Deshaun Jackson's mum don't follow each other on Twitter you'll be um, you'll be unsurprised to know Uh, any any little (laughs) any little anecdotes like that for either of you two or is uh, Deshaun Jackson's mum taking the (laughs) taking the storm this week Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is why old people should say on Twitter. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Not calling to Sean Jackson's mum old. I don't know how old she is, but, you know, <laughs> respectfully, I, uh, yeah, she's older than me, I'm sure. <laughs> well, she has to be because Sean Jackson's older than me, so... Well, you, you get it like in um, stage schools with like little kids where the mums are like, oh, my kid's the best. And the, the, the mums are very protective over like their, their young children. But yeah, does Sean Jackson... Um, I think uh, I think he's old enough to be looking after himself now, and um, yeah, it's uh, not a great time for the Jackson family to be on Twitter right now, shall we say? <laughs> so we're in draft weekend, as we previously mentioned. So today we will be looking at our favourite players from each of the rounds in fantasy football drafts. Those players that you should be targeting at their position, and we are going to be using Fantasy Pros PPR ADP for this. So for each. Each round, we will pick our favourite player. So, James, do you want to kick us off with your favourite first-round player, according to their ADP? Still, let's go with the obvious. I'd want the 101, and I still want Christian McCaffrey, just because I do think he's the difference maker on the board. Um, Let's get that out there. However, I'm going to cheat and have a second player, because I feel like that's so obvious that you don't. the listeners don't need me to tell them that. Sorry, seeming you've got a bit of a cough today. I better go check my temperature. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, so the player that I'm going to highlight here actually is Ezekiel Elliott, because when it comes to sort of, you know, in the first round, a lot of people are going to be picking running back. It's quite heavy, you know, running back because of the position scarcity. We've talked about this before. And of all the people who you would feel comfortable putting in your RB1, have very few question marks and you know it's going to get production both in the running and the passing game. I think Zeke is probably the one that is going the latest, I would say, of all of them. I mean, granted, he is going number three, but that's kind of beyond the point that he's probably the last one where I feel confident that there is no asterisk of risk, potentially. I mean, there is. There's a risk with every player. But, you know, when you're looking, Alvin Kamara usually works best in a duo. Dalvin Cook is still questionable as to whether he might think about holding out or not. And then after that, you're going down the order a little bit. So Zeke's the one that I like the most at 1-3. And in some drafts, he does go a little later, especially if you go into QB. I mean, for this, we're just going to do sort of the most basic of sort of mock drafts. So using PPR, we're using Fantasy Pros just to do our uh, analysis on this. But 
Um, yeah, I'm going Zeke as my favourite based on ADP. Yeah, I think the important thing to, to note about Zeke is the fact that this is going to be a very high-powered offence. And there are going to be um, weeks where I personally think that they're not going to use him as much, Dallas, in the, in the early weeks because they've got C.D. Lamb, they've got Gallup, they've got Cooper, they've got, of course, always Jarwin. Sorry, hashtag always Jarwin to use his correct title. And I think they're going to want to show off a little bit in the, in the early weeks. They've, they've said from the outset that they want to get the 1,000 yards receiving for the, for the three wide receivers there. And I think they are going to want to show off those shiny new tools. So in the early few weeks, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, he is going to score you fantasy points. But I would just temper your expectations a little bit. But the caveat to that, James, and this is the most important thing for fantasy football is, is when that season is drawn to the end, it gets a little bit colder, the playoffs are in sight. That is when the defences are tired. That is when they are going to want to run Ezekiel Elliott down your throat and they are going to pound him. And for the last few weeks of the season, which, of course, are the most important few weeks of the season, he will get you those fantasy points there. So don't be scared if Ezekiel Elliott isn't the superstar in the first six weeks of the season because he will come good because Dallas will are going to use him to get them across the line into the playoffs because I think this is the probably the best team that they've had for, for quite a number of years even though they've had some decent teams and this is going to be their real chance to get into the, to the postseason, to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I complete agreement with you, James. I think Zeke is going to be a monster to close out the season when those defenses have got tired legs. Rob, thoughts on Zeke this year? Uh, yeah, exactly the same. Um, literally, you just both of you just echoed exactly what I've said. Um, I've said it before in the podcast. Zeke Elliott is my RB two this year throughout um, the, the standard point five and PPR. Um, and interestingly, just looking on fantasy pros, he Zeke Elliott is the number two running back in standard leagues, um, which. It's a bit funny because I, I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Um, I don't know. I, am I the only one that thinks Ezekiel Elliott's going to get more involved in in um, the passing game than than Saquon? I don't know. Um, it's tight, um, and really, you're you're not losing in the first, if you've got the first four five picks in, in fantasy draft, you're not losing. Yeah, unless you make a city, <laughs> unless you make a city call, uh, you know, there's Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, and one of the above, Kamara, 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 Henry, Dalvin Cook, you know, Devontae Adams, you're not going to go wrong with those picks. Um, So yeah, I I echo what you you guys are saying. Christian McCaffrey nailed on number one. um, And for me, Zeke Elliott is is the honorable mention. So, so yeah, let's move on. Fantastic. So while you're on the microphone, Rob, who is your favorite first round pick? Uh, I will just point out that I am not liking seeing DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams at 1.8 and 1.9. I think they have been drafted a little bit too high. Um, Hopkins is in a brand new system. And although he is in an air raid offensive, they're going to see a lot of passing. There are going to be four wide receivers out there at any one time. So um, there's a lot of a lot of miles to feed in that offense. And also Devontae Adams, although he is the only receiving option in Green Bay and he's got Aaron Rodgers that is not necessarily a good thing and the coverage that he will see this season will be disgusting so yeah I'm tempering my expectations for those two a little bit and I'd rather have players like uh, Golladay above above those two but um, that's that's just me. Bear in mind we're using Fancy Pros ADP and if you go on other sites such as Fancy Football Calculator DeAndre Hopkins drops down to 206 so slight, slight one, one for the listeners in that um, bear in mind that whatever, if you use, you know, one of the calculator sites or one of the sites to tr- sort of, you know, determine ADP, even the site that you're drafting on, 
bear in mind that all of them are probably going to be different because everyone yeah, drafts yeah. in different ways. So yeah. even just, just by looking at two sites, DeAndre Hopkins goes from 108 to 206. So yeah. which at the beginning of a draft where you think that things are set is a huge differential. Devontae Adams is still 10. Um, he's usually seemingly at the back end of the first round all the time. And again, it's... Certainly looking dicey. I think this is probably one of the uh, going to be controversial. This could be one of the last years where Devontae Adams is a first round pick. And in fact, I can see the regression happening if Ari Rod regresses as well. But uh, that's probably another podcast. So, what we could do, and this is, uh, this is something we could set up, is an AADP. So, we'll get all the ADPs from all the different sources and combine them into one AADP. And then we'll use that as the, the master source. Well, of, uh, what I think happens, I, th- I, if I, I might be wrong, but I think fantasy football calculator uses their data from everywhere, uh, including NFL for um, best balls and stuff like that. Um, and whereas fantasy pros, I believe uses Yahoo, ESPN and one other. Fan tracks. Fan tracks. Yeah. So, um, fantasy pros is a bit more refined because you've got in, because I, I, I mean, this is a controversial opinion, but I think that the better players play on either Yahoo, ESPN, or, or one of the big sites, which, which fantasy pros does. Whereas, fantasy football calculator takes them from all the other places where, you know, which dirtbags play fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, j- just watch out about ADPs. And I think when we did our mock draft, the fact that, James, you were able to get Juju Smith Schuster. Um, he was ranked in the hundreds, wasn't he? So it's there's always little little caveats there. So just just be careful. That has since been fixed, I've noticed. <laughs> but it, it will always throw up things like that. So just just be careful. So we'll swiftly move into round two. And my favourite player here is Austin Eckler. His ADP has uh, drafted up more and more, but I think he is going to be incredible this year. He is never going to be a 250 carry kind of running back. But the receiving ability that he's got there, so especially in PPR, I think he's going to teeter close to 100 receptions this year, which, of course, is is fantastic for uh, PPR leagues. And the fact that he doesn't run the ball 25 times a game means that we tend to see a slightly higher yards per carry with him. So he is getting more out of the more limited carries that he's got. And he's going to be able to use Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly as the kind of... Uh, Melvin Gordon role or the the Mark Ingram role in New Orleans, if you will, as as that kind of tandem, and that that Austin Eckler is is that Alvin Kamara kind of player. He thrives on having that that pounding ground kind of running back alongside him, and with him being the the number one guy there, even though he's going to kind of take the traditional one B role, I think he's just going to blow up, and he is in my top five running backs this year in PPR. There, I've said it. I've said it. It's a big shout, but there, I've said it. I've got him in every league I'm in. James, there was a, a ex- exhale there when I said he's in top five. You're not in agreement. I, I was, it was funny because I was thinking about picking Eckler here as well, but top five is not quite my thing. I'm, I'm assuming this is on the basis that you've got Jacobs at four, <clears throat> knowing what you've said in previous pods. But um, no, no, Jacobs is actually at six, but uh, there we oh, are. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I have Jacob slightly above Eckler, but I still have him rated higher than mo- than a lot of people, I think. I can see, especially in PPR, because I can see, you know, he's going to catch a lot at the backfield. I think there's going to be a lot of dump-offs toward in his direction. But similarly, I can see, you know, there, there being quite a merry-go-round going on behind him, and he's going to be sort of, you know, your 
key piece. And the other thing to note is that I actually have a bit more faith in the Chargers' defense this year than I have done in previous. I think they're seemingly building that up quite well now. And if they can get a good bill of health, they can lean on their running backs a bit more, which will be helpful if they've got either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert there sort of getting used to being the quarterback for that team. So I have a lot of faith in Eckler. I seem to be keeping on drafting him in good positions as well. He seems to be going slightly below where his ADP is on here, which is at 16. So yeah. that is 204. So, yeah, massively rate Eckler with you. And Rob, Austin Eckler? Um, okay, I'll go I'll go contrarian. I, I, I don't mind Eckler at all. Um, I, I, I think regression's on the cards because Philip Rivers isn't there um, to, to feed him. Uh, Tyrod Taylor doesn't use the pass catching running back as much as Philip Rivers. So I think regression is around the corner. However, he will pick up more yards on the ground, obviously, as Melvin Gordon's not there. Um, the two behind him, Justin Jackson and the rookie Josh Kelly, they do worry me slightly for, for rushes. I think they're going to get the goal line work, the inside the five work. Um, Eckler just isn't really that kind of back, I don't think. Um, however, having said that, I have got Eckler as my RB12. So he is technically an RB1 for me. So I, I, again, I'm not completely against it. It's just sort of the devil on your shoulder, if you like. Um, and that's for Josh Jacobs. He's not entirely my top 15. Sorry, David. Sad face emoji inserted here. <laughs> and Rob, who are you liking in the second round? I'm just having a look at it now, and uh, we are we going we're going twelve man leagues, are we here? Are we going yeah, twelve. Yeah, that's a shame because uh, I'll be I'll be eleven, I'll be ten, I'll be I'll be twelve. Are, are really really fanciable for me. Uh, so looking a bit de- deeper down, and I have just I've just uh, put my foot in it here, but I'm going to go for Josh Jacobs. Um, <laughs> he is he, he is my RB uh, fifteen, but I think he's got tremendous upside, um, and that's the difference between my stat my my stat projected rankings and my opinions sometimes differ. Josh Jacobs yeah. here is a perfect example. But he's statted out as my as my RB15 in my rankings. However, I think he's got plenty of upside to be the RB10, even an RB5. I think he's really got an opportunity. I think they want to use him there. I think um, uh, Gruden is going to be a little bit PO'd um, about the fact that Josh Jacobs wasn't the um, rookie uh, MVP last year. <clears throat> Obviously, it was Kyler Murray, but Josh Jacobs was in the running for it. So I think um, they they want to give Josh Jacobs, want to feed him to say, look, this guy is the guy. He, yeah. he, was, he should have been the uh, the rookie of the year last year. Um, and look, they're, they're signing they're, they're signing pass catching running backs like it's going. They're going out of fashion, but none of them worry me at all. They're all third got third round uh, third down guys who, you know, they will come in when Josh Jacobs is knackered. And that's what they're trying to do. They're they're trying to better that reserve squad, if you like. So when Josh Jacobs is, you know, once he's been run into the ground and he's struggling, then they're going to throw one of these guys in or if Josh Jacobs gets injured. So I ain't worried about them bringing in all the pass catches. And I think Josh Jacobs has got plenty of upside, definitely an RB2, possibly an RB1. I'm, I'm happy drafting him. Yeah, and we've got to remember he was playing with that shoulder injury all of last year. So he's, he was always going to be going into trying to run over a linebacker just with that shoulder injury in mind. And even though he played through it, it's just one of them where it would have limited his performance. And his performance last year was still exceptional, considering he was a rookie. And John uh, Gruden, we know that he is that old school guy that does want to, to run the ball 25, 30 times a game. 
And they've brought in all the passing options there, but we've still got to remember that it is Derek Carr in the centre and we've got to limit our expectations from him in the passing game and they, they will still want to, to rush the ball. So, yeah, fully on board with the Josh Jacobs pick there. And James, what are you what are you looking at in the second round? I'm going to go away from running back because even though a lot of people seem to be saying go running back, running back in the first two rounds, um, there is still a place in this world for going a bit more balanced than going running by wide receiver. And I'm, I like Tyreek Hill in the second round. I can't say I like him as a person, but um, I'd certainly say he's currently going 205, I think, is the average that we've got on here. I know in a lot of places it seems to be roughly around that area, but he's got the upside to be the wide receiver one. I still think it would be Michael Thomas, but... I think he is probably going to come out higher than Devontae Adams and you're getting a few positions saving, shall we say. It's like I'd much rather start with a combination of uh, Miles Sanders and Tyreek Hill than having Devontae Adams and Austin Eckler, let's say, even though it's not the worst comparison. But Patrick Mahomes with his new contracts, cannon of an arm, Tyreek Hill, who's just such the field stretcher that even when teams sort of knew what was going on, he would still outpace them anyway. So it's it's hard to defend against when you, you can sort of know what's coming and you're still not quick enough to get him. So his game is very much, well, there for all to see. So I think he's got a legit shot at being wide receiver one, which for a mid-second round, um, to go with what is going to be an RB1 in your first round is still a good combination. And then there's still enough depth going down the draft that you're going to be able to make the ground up at running back anyway. Yeah, and I'm, I would much rather have, like you've just mentioned, the, the top running back out of the first round and then the wide receiver there. because And this leads me nicely on to, to the third round. You've got Kenny Golladay sat there in the third round. So I would I would rather have Kenny Golladay over DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams this year. And they're going in the first round. So I could have picked up, well, we've got Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Kittle there. So I could have picked up potentially the RB1, the QB or tight end one, and Kenny Golladay in the third round and be very, very happy with my with my draft selections here. So complete agreement with you, James. I just I just think that we need to be targeting we not shouldn't be targeting a wide receiver in the first round. And a player like Tyreek Hill, who we know is an incredible athlete. Uh he he missed time with with injury last year. He's got the best quarterback in the league thrown to him. So he's he's got a chance at He's, he's, he's got a chance. He could be that player that gets 2,000 yards. He is that kind of guy that, that would do that. It would take a lot of um, stars to align in the, in the right places for that to happen. But Tyreek Kill is that potential guy. And I've already mentioned my, my third round pick is Kenny Golladay. I think he is tremendous value there, even though it's at the top of the third round. He led the league in receiving touchdowns last year. And that was well, that was with players such as David Blau throwing in the ball. And no offence to you, David Blau, but you know Matthew Stafford. And Stafford's going to come back this year. He is in a great position because he's got Marvin Jones opposite him. And Marvin Jones um, also had a high amount of touchdowns last year, uh, high amount of receiving yards. And we've also got players like TJ Hawkinson. And uh, Detroit are going to want to run the football as well this year. So I just think that that offence will, will see improvement which means that Kenny Golladay will have slightly less attention than he probably deserves, which means that he can stretch that field and he can get those big touchdowns. And I've got him to, to be in my top five wide receivers for this year. Big shout again, James, or are you in agreement? Um, I think I'm in agreement. I, 
I'm not I'm not the highest on Galladay. Just I don't know what it is at the moment. It's like I have faith in Stafford. I can tell the Lions are going to have to pass the ball a lot because they never seem to have any faith in their running game. It's sort of I, I always struggle with the sight of Galladay being their wide receiver one. It's they've just for years the Lions. You know, I always see the Lions wide receiver one. You know, I always remember Megatron. And then after that, it was kind of, after Megatron left, it kind of was always a 1A, 1B situation. Marvin Jones and say it was Golden Tate for a time. And then Kenny Gaudet was the young upstart coming up. And I still struggle always seeing him as one. I always prefer to think I'm going to get Marvin Jones later at a value. And I think yeah. that's the reason why I've never been as high on Gaudet is because I prefer getting Jones at the value because I don't think the gap between them is big enough. Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that Gaudet is a good option for people. It's just... You can get Mike Evans around there, and controversial as I know, the pe- people like Adam Thielen and DJ Moore, I have ahead of Galladay, and they go later than him in the same round. So, yeah, it's a bit of a struggle, but it's not—it's still not a bad pick. So you've you've already mentioned Adam Thielen and DJ Moore. There are they who you'd be taking at this point. There's a, well, to be fair, there's a lot of people in that round where every, everyone's got that element of risk. That's why they dropped down to the third. Um, I am going to stick with one of them just so that I'm not treading on Rob's toes because I think I know where he's going. <laughs> but I'm going to sort of go with Adam Thielen because he's seemingly dropping in a lot of people's opinions. He's Yes, he's getting on a little bit. But Stefan Diggs has left town. So everyone's saying, oh, he's just going to get double coverage. He's going to be completely hopeless. They still have Justin Jefferson brought in. They've still got two tight ends who are able to catch the ball. Alvin Cook, if he plays, is going to be an option to take attention away. So he's not going to get, you know, hell, horrifically covered. He still has, in recent seasons, been on pace to be, you know, a top five wide receiver at times. Kirk Cousins is still very much capable, even if he's not the best quarterback. He's certainly efficient. And when you're getting... If, if you go to running back to the beginning, having Thielen as your one sounds scary. But if you are picking later in the round so at the moment i have him down where is he on here at the moment he's pretty much going 311 so if you've picked if you're at the turn at the back end he's giving you a seriously good option and then i'm hoping the guy i want is still there in the next round that i can talk about but i have a feeling there may be a fight over him so i'm gonna let rob take over uh, I- I go on, James. Who who am I picking here? You you, uh, you you just mentioned that you think you know where I'm going. So where is it? My this is where I'm hoping my memory surgeon. Right, I think Gurley. <laughs> Not quite. Um, I'm going. I'm going OBJ. Um, I've I've got OBJ as my uh, wide receiver six <clears throat> in my rankings. He's above Tariq Hill. Um, he's above Adam Thielen. Uh, got Golladay uh, and. I don't know. OBJ for me, he played injured last year. He's had five out of six seasons over a thousand yards, despite only having two seasons of, of finishing 16 games. So, you know, the stats are all there and stats are, you know, fancy football stats go hand in hand. You need, he, he is a fancy football, what decent fantasy football wide receiver. And, um, in the third round, I think he is probably the only guy in this range that I can genuinely say would, could, could finish as the wide receiver one. Um, 
and, and again, he didn't. He wasn't great last year. Still had a, still had over a thousand yards. Jarvis Andrews coming off a hip injury, so um, OBJ's reportedly one hundred percent fit this year. Uh, and I don't know. I think I see a little bit of a resurgence from the Browns, and I think OBJ is the is the centerpiece of that passing attack. So I, I genuinely think OBJ. This is kind of a bounce back year for him, despite having, like I said, uh, five thousand yards. Um, receiving seasons, but I, I I love him. I think he's great, and I I think he's he's a fantastic value in the third round. And remember, the more well, blonde his hair is, the more fantasy production exactly. he gives you. Exactly. <laughs> only the only stat that you need to know going into well, this I'm thinking season. Of <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe that I didn't pick Leonard Fournette. So honourable shout out to him there. I've just it's just his name's just jumped out at me. I love Leonard Fournette, and everyone on this podcast knows that. So yeah, Leonard <laughs> Fournette. Okay, uh, moving up, we have got round four, and here I am going to go for Calvin Ridley. I have finally got onto the hype train. It has taken to, it's <laughs> taken some time. It has taken me to listen to lots of podcasts, look at some look at some Calvin Ridley footage to actually do my honest stat projections for him. And I am finally on board with the hype train. So I think in the fourth round of fantasy drafts, he's that guy that everyone is tipping to be the Chris Godwin of this year. So he could be great, great value, especially as Julio. What's Julio now? Thirty-one. So I'm not saying I'm not saying he's old. I'm not saying he's past it. But um, I think it will be closer to it'll be more of a one A one B this year than it has been a, a one two than we've than we've seen previously. And we've got to remember with Calvin Ridley, who else are they throwing to? Russell Gage or Laquan Treadwell aren't going to be there, <laughs> aren't going to be competing for for targets there. And Dirk Cutter offenses always finishing the top seven for for pattern attempts. So, and it's an, an it's an even year for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan every other year has a, a stellar fantasy season, which means that his wide receivers are going to have one too. So. I am finally on board the hype train. I've just managed to grab hold of the uh, the last carriage as it was departing the station. It was a very very quick run down the platform, but uh, I am on board. Uh, Robin James, James, what do you think? Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's capable of holding up two wide receivers and a tight end and a running back rather comfortably. And without much wide receiver depth behind them, Ridley is going to be a serious... The, people are drawing comparisons with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm not quite sure it's to that level but Ridley's value when you consider that as an option is just pretty good and Rob the the level of disrespect for former first round superstar Laquan Treadwell is just disgusting <laughs> well, where, where's his community? Yeah, where's his best fantasy finish? He's he's not he's not been a top seventy five receiver in his career, surely. No, I don't think so. Clearly, <laughs> um, an absolute bust pick. Um, if I if I'm going here, honestly, this round I love this round, and for stark contrast, the next round I absolutely hate. So th- this yeah. for me is the last round of picking your sort of elite level players, and I'm just running down this list real quick. Uh, Cooper Cup, Zach. Uh, AJ Brown, David Johnson, Mark Andrews, Melvin Gordon, James Connor, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen. That is this round. And hand on my heart, I would draft 11 out of them 12 players. The one player I'm not touching, Melvin Gordon, just because new situation. He's not adapting very well by the sounds of it in Denver. Um, it's fairly crowded backfield. I think they're going to go past, ha- past heavy. Um, so he's the only one out of that whole list that I'm not drafting so i'm happy with any of these um however i will say 
Uh, special mention to Cooper Cup because he is my wide receiver four um, this year. It's going to be I, mine, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I'll, let, I'll let you take over then, James, because I've just I've just said said I'm happy with anyone here. Uh, so well, yeah, I knew I knew I wasn't going to because I'm in the exact same boat, and I think I'm the same eleven of twelve. But Cooper Cup's the one I want the most because I say I think we are, all three of us are kind of on the train with Cooper Cup potentially being a top five wide receiver. Um, Brandon Cooks is out of town. Woods and Cup are going to get a lot of a lot of the ball effectively in cups I think the slightly better of the two and of course a few seasons ago he before injury he was on course to be sort of top three absolutely was on fire at the start of the season with Goff and I don't see a lot changing in fact I can see it getting even better because the Rams are starting you know the defensive wheels are falling off slightly so the passing game is going to be even more vital and however much some people can't trust Jared Goff he's going to have to throw it quite a bit and Cup's probably the best of the lot to get open and be able to get the yards to give them a shot at comebacks. I don't. I think the Rams are going to be one of those teams where they're going to act. It's not going to be garbage time, unlike you know, say the Jaguars. But I think that um, the legitimate chance of coming back and actually you know stealing a few wins out of it may rest on the shoulders of the Guff Cup connection. So some may say he's being slept on. <laughs> They might say that. They might if, say that. And if you don't understand that joke, listen to one of our previous podcasts about sleepers. <laughs> Look. And Rob, you, you say you don't like round five, but I do. I really, really do. We've got... Well, okay. Here's Rob's Lock. pick. Let's go for that first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rob said no. Rob said everyone. Rob, I, I, I said oh. Cooper Cup as well. Cooper Cup oh. was my pick for that round. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's right. Um, so in the next All round... Right, let's move on. We've got Luckett and Metcalf, who are going to be a 1A and 1B. And they're not going to be Evans and Godwin. They're not going to be Julio and Ridley, but they are still going to be decent options there, even though Seattle do want to run the football. Uh, we've got some QBs here. We've got Metcalf and Murray, who I I love both. Um, Prescott, I've got to be my QB2 on the year, so I'm, I'm more than happy to take him in the fifth round. Uh, but for me, it is Devontae Parker in the fifth round. Wide receiver 24 Dolphins, they've improved, but they're not going to be world beaters this year, which is why, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the pick for, for later on, which I think I'll be battling with Rob for. But yeah, Devonta Parker, they're still going to have to throw the football this year. Albert, Win- Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns have uh, opted out of the season. So we, we had a debate a couple of podcasts ago about who would be the wide receiver three there, whether it's going to be Jaquin Grant, who's not going to be a your traditional uh, wide receiver. And that leaves Preston Williams and Devontae Parker up there. And Preston Williams, he's in the battle to be fit for the start of the season. And Devontae Parker finally had his breakout year last year. I've got him tipped to be top five again this year. And he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 24 at the 56th overall position. I just think that is such great value. And I, I get why he's down there because... Um, he, he's not your player that you would expect to be your top five and he could quite easily drop out. I don't think his floor is 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 that high, but he he's certainly got the potential to be up there. Ceiling certainly is top five and I love, love, love the value. Rob, what do you reckon? Copy and paste. Uh, I, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Devonta Parker, but as you've said him, I'll go for my honourable mention, which will, will, will be DK Metcalf, um, just because I, I think he's just a beast, uh, and I think yeah, he's got a great chance of of breaking into that sort of wide receiver one mould in fantasy. But 
I am really hoping that one of these fourth round guys slips here into the fifth round. That, that is, you know, where I'm where I'm sitting. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the rest I I'm, I'm not drafting a quarterback here. Um, T.Y. Hilton's on my bus list. Um, DJ Chark could be here. I know a lot of people like DJ Chark. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller not for me. Um, I'd rather draft late. So yeah, I'm DK Metcalf is the, is the pick of the bad bunch. James, where where are you going, mate? I think I feel like I'm on an island here. So let's go for one of those where you're going to disagree with me. I still rate Devin Singletary this season, and I'll tell you a bit why. Is Zach Moss has come in, and everyone seems to think right. That's one A, one B, and with Josh Allen, that's three rushes. That's too many. Never going to work. We've had a few teams that have been there before, and your your RB one is still going to be pretty solid. Uh, Singletary has been in that offense for you know basically a season. Zach Moss is coming in pretty much you know cold to it in a cold climate as well. Very adding. Um, not had time to learn the offense because of the disrupted offseason. So I think Singletary is still going to get a lot more of the work than people think. And I just think he's being slept on. I mean, he's he's running back 23. And I, even though I don't necessarily have him high, I'm happy having him in my RB2 slot. And, and many people are saying, I'd only have him as my flex or as a bench. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. This is a team that likes to run the ball where, yes, they brought in Stefan Diggs, who is also in this round, I hasten to add. So if people got the choice between do you think they're a running team or a passing team, I think they're still very much a run team, give the climate. Um, but, yeah, I just think Singletary's being slept on. I just have doubts about somebody who loses 166 carries to a 36-year-old, albeit Frank Gore, but still, if you're if you can't, if you're losing 166 carries in a season to a 36-year-old running back, then I do have my doubts. And I, I see it as a plus, though, because I think I think they may have preserved him a little bit. We don't know necessarily whether he was carrying something last year as well, but with with Gore out the door, with Gore, you knew what you were getting, and you knew that. I mean, with Frank Gore, I think there is sometimes a little bit of what's the word sentiment in you. You want to be a part of his history where he breaks all the records and you want to give him every opportunity yeah so i mean i haven't gone into the full analysis of how many times he was you know gore was given the ball when you know singletary wasn't necessarily required because you know the game was already out of sight one way or the other but um with him out the door now and you've got effectively rookies in rear and josh allen you, you're not now that Josh Allen has started to you know develop and put himself in as you know establish himself essentially. You're not going to want to take the risks with him quite as often, I reckon. So I think Josh Allen might actually regress a little bit when it comes to his rushing game, especially now he's got Diggs on side as well, which I think also opens up the pathway for Singletary a bit more. So there's just a few, oh, so many little things that for me point Singletary's way that other people just you know keep ignoring. So I'll take him at the value all day long. Yeah, and I was I was pulling a face, uh, but I've just checked and he's ranked as my running back twenty three, and he's being drafted as my as the running back twenty three. So um, I, I've I've changed my opinion entirely. I think yeah, yeah it's it's perfect placement for him. <laughs> I, I've just done exactly the same thing. I, I I was just ready to to launch into why James is wrong here. And I've just looked at my rankings and he's running back nineteen for me yeah. somehow. Um, but I, I just I, I think. 
Zach Moss, for me, was one of the better quality running backs coming out of college. And as for going to the cold climate and cold temperatures of Buffalo, he's from Utah, buddy. He's, he's, he's had the cold climate. He knows how to play in it. So um, I, I think that Zach Moss, for me, is, a, is an incredible pass catcher. He's a really good running back. Um, they've already said that, he, that he's going to have the Frank Gore role, which is the goal line work as well. So I don't know. For me, if, if Zach Moss... And Devin Singletary were coming out of the same class. Obviously, Devin Singletary was last year. Um, I would be picking Zach Moss all day, every day, on a talent basis, on a you know a, a, a how good they were in college sort of basis. So um, that's why I've got reservations on Devin Singletary, but obviously not too many because I've got him as my running back nineteen. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's I don't want to draft him just because there is a question mark. So that's where I'm standing. Is Utah not in the desert? It's a bit of both, isn't it? Well, Salt Lake City is where the Winter Olympics were, so it can't be too okay. warm there. <laughs> <laughs> They're in, I think Utah playing Provo, which is literally a, like, almost a suburb of Salt Lake City, so I'm imagining it, it's in the mountains, so it must be right, cold in the okay. winter. It's That's... probably one of them places uh, like where I used to live in Canada, which is really hot in the summer and really cold in the winter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because I've just got... Because it's the four states, isn't it? And what, uh, two of them are Utah and Arizona. I'm thinking, well, Arizona's in the desert. Arizona's famously hot. But um, yeah, I suppose each state is that big that yeah. uh, I've played enough Red Dead Redemption to know that um, you can very quickly (laughs) go from uh, the big desert to the snowy mountains. So a little bit of geography for for all the listeners here. I've got the the maps up on on Google (laughs) uh, and it looks like like, the bottom half of Utah looks like it's really warm, but the top half is in the mountains. So, you know, I, I think... Utah play at Provo, which is just outside of Salt Lake City. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, may, maybe, maybe he's not used to it. I don't know. But um, I'm just going on the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. That's all. Don't no, shoot me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that logic. Okay, heading over into round six. And for me, this one is Kareem Hunt. I think in Cleveland, he is going to be a, a, a real, he's going to be a chess piece that they're going to use in multiple different ways. He's going to be the queen, queen of the offense. Uh, shall we say, the one that can do everything. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to get the the third down work. And although they're going to be intent, intent on running the ball, which means he is going to get some carries, uh, he is one Nick Chubb injury away from being a top five finisher. He, obviously, we know the guy's talented. He's had his he's had his demons in the past, which have meant that he's had to, to go over to, to Cleveland here. But from a, a PPR option and the upside that he's got, and... And we use the word handcuff, and it's it's very early to be drafting a handcuff. But he's he's a handcuff that has got the ability to to score you fantasy points in the meantime, if that makes sense. So he's he's a great option in the sixth round, especially for PPR. And if we'd we'd never wish injury upon a player, but if Nick Chubb was to miss any time, then Kareem Hunt will be a top five finish this year. Uh, Rob, who is who's your pick for round six? Uh, it would have been David Montgomery um, before the injury uh, this week. Um, so still question marks over that. I don't know how severe it is. It doesn't sound like it's too bad. But again, you, as soon as the player gets injured in the preseason, I was thinking about this in the week. There's, You know that how there's always this time next year or sort of in the training camp next year, you get the reports of, well, this player was playing banged up all year. Um, but didn't say, like OBJ, for example, like he was playing all year, but he was banged up. Um, I, this is the perfect sort of, thing for, for David Montgomery he might be rubbish again this year like he was last year we've had a two and four between us um, uh, David you know, we've talked about, about yeah. Montgomery um, and it could be that he's, he's as bad as sort of useless as he was last year 
Um, and then it comes out, oh, well, he's playing with a you know, groin injury all year. And, and that's why. Um, but I, I do think before this injury, there was certainly upside for him. But I'm, I'm calling myself now on, on Montgomery. So, um, yeah, looking down the list, uh, Kareem Hunt is a, is a really good pick. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near AJ Green. People can go away with that. I don't want to hear anything good about AJ Green. <laughs> um, so I will, I will go... The upside of DeAndre Swift, just because again he's not had a great training camp by all sound or, or, or you know what the whispers we hear from from Sleeper and whatnot. But I think he's the best running back technically they've had um, for many many moons uh, in Detroit. And I know they struggle with the running backs, but he could be a game changer. Um, he certainly came out really well in my piece that I did about generational running backs. Um, I think he was second best. Uh, just behind Jonathan Taylor. So he's got the talent, he's got the skill level. I think if they use him and utilize him, he could be the the sort of the, the player they all wanted carry on Johnson to be. Uh, so it's a bit of a dart throw, but um again, if I'm in this round, I'd probably take Kareem Hunt, but um I'd definitely take uh, DeAndre Swift um if if Hunt wasn't on the board. And James, how about yourself? I'm going towards the back end of this round and going Marquise Brown for the for the Ravens. I just think I think he is that team's wide receiver one, even if he may not necessarily have the highest number of catches, I think that might go to Mark Andrews. But I think he's a release valve that they like to use quite often. I think he will still stretch the field. And I think without him in the team, I th- uh, without him in the lineup, I think that it, you know there isn't the option there for that offense. And I don't think they're quite as effective. So he's going to still get used quite a bit. It's one of those rounds where this, 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 it's not fantastic. There's a lot of questionable rookies. There's a lot of questionable injuries. And I just think that Brown feels one of the most solid of all of them, even if his game is maybe not the plan A of that team, but he's certainly the effective plan B. I'm moving into round seven. Uh, We've already spoken about Marvin Jones here. And for a very similar reason, I'm going to go for Michael Gallup. So I think Gallup and Jones are two players here that are very strongly the wide receiver twos in their team. And for the value that they've been drafted against compared to the wide receiver one on that team, the gap isn't actually that big. So Gallup last year is an example. He missed two games. He finishes the wide receiver 23, which considering he's been drafted as the wide receiver 33 currently is, is a steal. And he only finished 0.2 points behind points per game behind Amari Cooper, who was the wide receiver 10. So if Gallup would have played those extra two games, he would have been so close behind Amari Cooper. And considering that he's been drafted 40 places behind him, that's tremendous value. And people will say, yeah, but CD Lamb's coming into the offense. But Randall Cobb's left. Randall Cobb's left behind 83 targets, I think it is. And CD Lamb is going to be a rookie who has not had any time to get into to sync with Dak Prescott. So I think 83 targets is a very fair amount of targets for C.D. Lamb to come in and directly take from Randall Cobb, which means that Gallup should be in for a very similar amount of production from last year, which means he is a great value compared to Mari Cooper, who's been taken in the third? Yeah, the third round, pick number 33. So 40 places, I'm taking Gallup there over Cooper every single day of the week. Rob, who's your seventh round pick? I like Gallup. I am rising on Gallup, definitely. Um, but I am going to go with 
possibly one of the last two remaining starting running backs in fantasy football, which is Ronald Jones II, the second. Um, he, obviously, we know he's Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. There's not a lot to say, more to say about Tampa Bay that people don't already know. Um, but the bottom line is, he looks like he's going to be the starting running back. There was a couple of months ago, Sean Vaughan, the, the rookie, um, fairly good rookie coming through there, but he, he was on the COVID list. And I think things have called around him recently. Um, the the noise in camp is all around. Ronald Jones looks good. So, uh, so yeah, Ronald Jones for me at running back 31 uh, in this round is, is would be my pick. Uh, like I said, he's one of probably two uh, more what I would class as starting running backs on, on left in the draft. So, um, so yeah, I, I'll go Jones here. And James, finally, how about yourself for round seven? I was worried that I was going to have to dive back into the Marvin Jones bottle again. But no, my, my guy's still there, which was James White for the Patriots. I just think... Stoney Michelle looks like he might be injured for the start of the season. I think even though there's noise that likes Damian Harris and everyone come in, and there's always a bit of a thing that you don't pick Patriots running backs if you want consistency. But with all the turnover that's gone on there with no Brady and so many different changes, a dump off to a running back who has proven that he can do it for that team before and you know has Belichick's trust. I think James White could be, considering he's probably the last starting running back, I consider him as the starter at the moment, even if he's not got the starting role, so Mm -hmm. to speak. I still think he's the highest producing running back on that team come the end of the season. And I think he's the latest one who is going to do that. Mm. Apart from possibly, you're going to disagree with me because I think Jordan Howard's later, isn't he? So, oh, no. you've, you've ruined the next round. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny how I actually think there are so many people in the next round who I would draft above people in this round. Gallup, Jones, yep. and White are debatably the only three in this round who I would draft ahead of at least five of them that we're going to go on to in the next round. So... You know, Jordan Howard, spoiler alert, people. But um, yeah, I won't pick pick him here because I wouldn't want to tread on your toes. But no, I I just rate James White pretty well for this season, especially with everything going on in New England. Go on there, James. And do you want to take us straight into round eight? So round eight, I've got so many different ways you can go here because this is the point where you can start, you're effectively starting to look at your team. You're pretty much into your bench at this point or your starting tight end if you want to go that way. Um, I am not going tight end. I'm not going to go John Howard because I don't want to tread on people's toes. I'm going to go a bit. I'm going to take a slight gamble in the. This is what I seem to do in most drafts. I tend to go around the Debo Samuel route, yeah. Which because he's he's looking like he's on track to make week one, and if he doesn't, or if he plays a limited role in week one, he's going to be at least he should be go for week two and onwards. And he's still a bit of a do-it-all player for the 49ers. He's still their wide receiver one, really. He's got he's proven himself last year that he has, you know, tremendous upside on every count. And for where he's being drafted, you know, for you know, a wide receiver one on a team that is going to be strong on both sides of the ball, I think I can really get behind him down here at what are we, eight eight oh four? So yeah, Debo's my pick here. And Rob, I'll let you have the honours of this one. No, you go first, mate, because honestly, I've got there's a lot of options here that I like. So you, you go first. Well, I'm going to surprise you then and say that I'm going for Tariq Cohen here at this point as the, the running back 32. Uh, he is my PPR running back 22. So I'm getting him 10 places um, below or higher, whichever way around it is. 
uh, as to when where... I play this game again. <laughs> yeah, <sorry>, he's been <laughs> drafted. And look, I'm I'm not I'm not for a second gonna say that if David Montgomery misses time that Tariq Cohen is getting 250 carries. He is not that kind of running back. But he did get, I think it was 96 carries last year, or was it 86 maybe? I think uh, it was it was around that that mark. So he's, he's not getting no carries. And it's in, in PPR, sorry, this is, I've got to stress that this is in PPR leagues. He will get close to 80, 90 receptions, which is, is all you need to see in PPR leagues. And he that will, that will bump him up. That is why he's my running back 22. And the value that I'm getting him here is the running back 32 is brilliant. And does that, does that leave the door open for you, Rob, to talk about Jay Howe? I'm I'm not actually going to talk about Jordan Howard. <laughs> after but, all that, <laughs> after all that, um, but no, I I kind of do agree with you on um uh, on Tariq Cohen. There, he did take a bit. I had as soon as that Montgomery news came out, I did adjust slightly my rankings. And in PPR, I'm with you. He's my he's my running back 23 um, in PPR, running back 30 in 0.5. So it was a bit of disparity between you know the, the leagues, um, as as was always going to happen with Tariq Cohen. And I. I Look, let's let's mention Jordan Howard because obviously all three of us like you know like him here. Uh, he is what I would class the last starting running back. Um, interestingly, Matt Breida is also in this round, um, but I don't want to touch Matt Breida with a barge pole. But I would quite happily have Jordan Howard. So um, so it is worth mentioning that here that he's probably the pick. But um, the one guy that I really want to mention um, is 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 Christian Kirk, and a lot of people are off Christian Kirk this year simply because DeAndre Hopkins is in town understandable one of the best receivers in the league is coming to town he's going to take naturally going to take some some passing away uh, some receiving away from him um but i'm looking at this from the other angle deandre hopkins has got to always have the best coverage yeah. so that's going to open up the field a little bit for christian kirk and we know christian kirk's talented you know we saw it last year he looked really really good and scored a lot of fancy points and i think he was still injured um at, at some point in last year so um i actually really like the opportunity for christian kirk as the wide receiver two in 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 arizona i think there are wide receiver twos in fantasy football so wide receiver twos and their team in going in fantasy football a lot higher than christian kirk who aren't part of an air raid offense you know haven't got a really good young quarterback throwing the ball um you know and i don't know i think this is a really good value for christian kirk if deandre hopkins wasn't there christian kirk would probably be in the third fourth round um but simply because of a name because um people think that you know deandre hopkins is going to come in and take all the the work which isn't true he's going to take all the coverage which is probably true um so yeah i just think christian kirk is going to going to make um, an impact there um and while we're in this round just just a really quick mention I'd probably be looking for a quarterback around this range. Um, I like Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, I know he's has been probably washed up, hasn't got the best weapons around. I don't know what it is about Aaron Rodgers. I still like him. And while we're on the theme of NFC North quarterbacks, we head into round 10. And my pick for this round is Matthew Stafford. Um, he's my quarterback six on the year. So to be drafting him as the quarterback 13 in the 10th round, I am smashing up that draft button. He's got some great weapons in that offense. He was on track to be, I think, the quarterback three last year in a small sample size when he when he got injured for the year. And he's he's not got as much rush. He's the he's my best quarterback that hasn't got the the rushing upside. So he's got a little bit of, of rushing in him, but um he's my highest ranked quarterback that hasn't got the rushing upside. So I absolutely love him in the tenth round and I'll be smashing up that draft button for him there. Uh, James, thoughts on Matt Stafford? Agree. I think I'm going to move swiftly on because I completely agree on that count. I think he is, he's, he's 
perennially underrated. And if he is genuinely over the injuries, he's going to be well in. Yeah. Um, I'm going Hayden Hurst here because we've talked already about Atlanta's offense and how Matt Ryan can support everybody in there. And I think Hurst, even though he's coming into a new situation, I think you know exit Hooper, enter Hurst. It's only a tiny downgrade, but the position is still particularly valuable in Atlanta. And I don't think he's a bad tight end at all. So getting him at the back end of round 10, yeah, I'm happy. And Rob, who is your pick for the 10th round? Um, um, again, um, I mentioned this earlier between, I think, rounds four and five. Between the last round and this round, I'd take, I think, eight out of 12 in the last round. I don't really like anyone in this round, I'll be honest. Um, certainly not um, my QB 23, Matthew Stafford. <gasps> Um, if I'm taking anyone here, it's now a fan at tight end. Um, again, Denver have got a, a good team. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Denver because I will be mentioning them in the next round as well. So I think tight end, no fans got plenty of upside. Um, but I don't like it. I don't, I'm not a massive fan of this round. But yeah, no fan. And this For is where we see ninth round, not the tenth. Whatever round it is. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we also see our first defense off the board here, which is the San Francisco 49ers, which I don't get. Nope. Um, I mean, our secondary is okay, but it's, it's not the best in the world. So we're not going to be getting that many pick sixes, which is where you're going to be getting your touchdowns from, which is where you get that from the defense. So I think there's better options out there. So even though I love my Niners, it's not for me as the DST one. Okay, and finally, round 10. Rob, who have you got in round 10? You wanted to talk about some Broncos, so take it away. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I love Joe Judy. I, I, I will wax lyrical about Joe Judy all day long until the cows come home because he was just phenomenal all the way through college. Um, I know he had Tua Tungabala, Tungabala throwing him the ball, but, he, you know, he he's just he's just that upper tier of wide receiver. He is of the ilk of, of OBJ and, and, you know, that lot coming out in the 2014 Mike Evans. You know, this Joe Judy is so, so good. And I... I hated it on draft night when he went to Denver because I sort of went, no, he was going to be my wide receiver. Massive target every single league. Um, I I called on him because I wasn't really sure what Drew Locke had to offer. I went back and watched a lot of Drew Locke tape. um, And actually, I really liked what I saw. Um, uh, Cortland Sutton on the other side. Again, I was a big Cortland Sutton fan last year. So Jerry Judy landing in Denver wasn't great for me. But the more I think about it, the more I look at it, the more uh, I see Drew Locke and that offense, how it's shaping up. I think Jerry Judy is going to be the centerpiece. I think he's going to be arguably, maybe not this year, but going forward, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one in Denver. Uh, and I think he's just, and people are just waxing lyrical. Um, I said that about four times this show, I think. Um, but it's obviously my saying of the day, wax lyrical. Um, they, they, they love him in training camp. The reports out there saying Joe Judy is different gear and he is. So, so that's my pick. I think he's a fantastic value and will probably be, probably be the wide receiver one amongst rookies this year. And I've just realised why I thought the last round was around 10, because Hayden Hurst is actually in the 10th round, not the uh, the ninth round, James. So uh, that's I've got him at 109 on my ADP here. Yeah. One, I thought 109 was the... Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're playing devil's advocate with me, so uh, throw that devil's advocate right back at you. So, um, James, who have you got in, in round 10? That's not Hayden uh, Hurst. It's one of... <laughs> Yeah, I'll take Hayden Hurst again because everyone else is just... Hayden Hurst was the last in in round nine. 
I've yeah. got another 109. Yeah. No, 109's round 10. Not in 12, man. Yeah, it is. No, 109's the last. 1010 starts a new round, I think. I might no, be wrong. No, 108 is the limit. 108, Hayden Hurst would be the first person in the 10th round. You're right. 12, oh, <laughs> just there's a, there's a bit a, match there's... for those at home. 12 let's fight it out. times let's fight it 9 out. is 108. <laughs> and, and Hayden Hurst on, our, on this list that we use in the Fancy Bros one is number 109. So, we, so Dave's not wrong. David, you are cleverer than all of us. We, well, we go down to you. and you You're know, the one with the calculator on you. Mensa. David <laughs> equals Mensa. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I meant to be making a pick, uh, choosing someone here, aren't I? Have yes. Got? Um, it's annoying because I'd actually rather pick someone in the following round. Um, because yeah, I'm going to say Tevin Coleman just because um, because I didn't pick Raheem Oster earlier, um, who I still rate high, but the 49ers offense, you know, they're running back merry-go-round. Everyone seems to have a week where they're relevant, but they everyone has a role and seems to get used quite a bit. And, you know, if one man goes down, they've got enough people to step up. And I think if, considering at this point, you're probably picking people who are going to be, you know, bye weeks or, you know, better matchups and you can start, you know, they're not guys you're going to be playing every week, but you're going to want a bit of a release valve. Tevin Coleman's one of those release valves that I think can work. Um, with people not, you know, with most of it not going stupidly high, even after his sort of darling season last season, there's proof that people still believe that it's a bit of a committee. And how much you hate committees, you've got no choice really when you get past round 10. And I think Carmen's probably in one of the best committees around in terms of, you know, likely to get production. So I'm going to go that way for this one. And to close out the, the round and the segment, I'm going to go for Darius Slayton, the wide receiver in New York. I have had a real difficulty starting out the New York Giants receiving options this year. You've got Gordon Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, uh, Evan Ingram, and of course, Saquon Barkley. And it's it's difficult to really difficult one to, to predict, but Darius Slayton looked really good last year with, with, um, with absences in the offense. Uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, I cannot rely on them to, to stay healthy and to, to stay out the 16 games. So I am really looking to to, to target Slayton here. I think Golden Tate is, is that good option in the offense. He's Mr. Reliable and has been for, for many, many years. But Slayton at the position he's been drafted, I think he is going to just edge the, the wide receiver one in New York this year. Not by a landslide, it is going to be, I'm not going to say 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, but... Um, I think he's got he's got a shot at being the the top receiver guy there. So at wide receiver forty seven, I am hitting draft on Darius Slayton. So that closes out the segments, and we will head into the season finale of Play Your ADP Right. Now, James, it, it would be it would be a fantastic end to the show uh, to the to the series if you can pull back the um, the twenty score deficit that you um, that you currently find yourself in. Um, are you feeling confident? Do you reckon you can do it? Well, if I'm, I'm, I'm behind exactly. If it's less than 25, I've just got to summon up the Patriots. Well, from yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the 28-3, yeah, 28-3 deficit. So we are going to start with Juju Smith-Schuster. So are you going earlier or later than Juju Smith-Schuster at 311? Are we going by what I got him in the mock draft or what, what he actually is? No, actually. <laughs> I'm going later. You're going for later. Oh, Rob. 
Rob, congratulations. <laughs> you are the series winner of Player Ready P Right as we as we land on Chris Godwin at 209. Oh, let him go again. Let him have a chance. Oh, Come on. I was I was gonna say, Rob, do you wanna um do you wanna even have your go? Well, or do... well what what we'll do is let James go again. If he beats me, then I'll have two goes. Right, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't I won't worry about it. <laughs> um James, uh, 2.09, earlier or later. You're going, you're going for later. And it is, <laughs> I would love this is Christian McCaffrey. It is. Darrington Evans. Rob, I know you're very high on him this year, but yeah. he's not been quite drafted that high. He's been drafted at 14.08. So, James, earlier. you're going earlier. <laughs> he's going earlier. And it is Alan Robinson, who I absolutely love this year, but he's been drafted at 3.12. So, James, are you going earlier or later than Alan Robinson? Later. You're going for later. We spin the wheel and it has landed on Baker Mayfield, who is being drafted at the 12.02 spot, which, of course, is later than 3.12. Are you going earlier or later than Baker Mayfield at 12.02? Earlier. Earlier. For earlier. He's getting into the groove now. Rob, are you feeling scared? No. <laughs> <laughs> It is Jordan Howard who I've got here at seven oh eight, which I'm pretty sure that was uh, he was being drafted later than that in what we've just talked about. But never mind. Jordan Howard seven oh eight, slap bang in the middle. Are you going earlier or later? Later. You're going for later, and we have got Tony Pollard, which of course is later. Ooh. The backup to Zeke there in in Dallas, who is a great handcuff this season if uh, Zeke was to, to miss any time. But are you going earlier or later than Tony Pollard at 10.04? Earlier. He's going for earlier. And I think this is where we bust again. It is AJ Dillon at 12.01. Oh. So, unfortunately, you... <laughs> the run stops, but hey. Hey, you managed seven, though. So, um, we've okay. got some Probably back. Probably a PB, considering everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it definitely is. It's definitely a PB. Your PB was previously four. So... Um, and I won that episode because Rob wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, are you going mm. to? Uh, are you going to concede the frame, or are you going to uh, rub salt into the wound? No, let's go for it. Come on, let's I'm a, I'm a salt it. in the wound kind of guy. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> this is why I have no friends. No one likes me. <laughs> so you've what what you've done is you've seen that it's AJ Dillon, and you fancy your yeah. chances of a uh, of an earlier pick. So uh, AJ Dillon, earlier or later? Well, I have been done by kickers three of the last four weeks. So uh, if it's a kicker, then I'm going to be done. I'll go, I'll go earlier. It is Lamar Jackson, so uh, oh. <laughs> you've done well. It's 2.1. Are you going earlier or later than Lamar Jackson? Uh, later, please. He is going for later. And we have got Hollywood Brown, who is being drafted at the 604 spot. That's um, earlier than, than I'd have him, mm. but, uh, but there we go. 604, earlier or later? Uh, let's go. Screw it. Let's go earlier. He's gone for earlier. Will the gamble pay off? It's Amari Cooper. It has paid off. <laughs> 403. Are you going earlier or later than Amari Cooper at the 403 spot? Uh, later. I was tempted to go earlier again, but I'm going to go later. And maybe you should have done it. It's Adam Thielen. Where oh. is Adam Thielen being drafted? 306. Yeah, you bust. Oh, so, uh, I should have done it. I'm... Uh, not sure where these rankings are pulling from. I've done a cheeky little V lookup with uh, with my rankings, so they're obviously not the same rankings that we've just used for that. I think they're, these are from Fantasy Football Calculator, which is why uh, we're seeing some discrepancies there. But yeah. Rob, congratulations! You have won. Play your ADP Ooh. right, twenty twenty. How do you feel? 
Uh, I'd like to thank God. I'd like to thank my family, my wife for standing by me for all this time. My, my kids. So give me inspiration every day. Uh, and you, David, because, you know, I look at my screen and you're clearly the best looking out of us three. So, so there we go. Well, thank you. And uh, <laughs> now yes. I realize how he won. <laughs> uh, yeah me and rob have got a uh, a private chat going in the zoom to, um, I'm, I'm telling rob who's coming up you've next you've got a screen up and everything um, <laughs> but what what does he win is it a full 10 yards pack of playing cards um no it is a full 10 yard season guide which you can find Woo! on sale at amazon and on the full 10 yards website rob congratulations you are a proud winner of the full 10 yard season guide 130 Wonderful. pages of stats and fantasy projections <laughs> and the rookies guide so make sure you go check it out that was a shameless do, 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 do I also win a place in our listener league? You also win a place in our <laughs> listener league, Rob, which you can find details of if you head over to our Twitter, which is at FTYFantasy. All you have to do is tell us who you think will be the highest scoring PPR player this season. And that can be a quarterback, a running back or wide receiver. So, yes, Rob, big congratulations to you for winning a place in the listener league Woo. and a full 10-yard season guide. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, very shameless plugs there. I love it. I love it. I love it. And to close out the show, we are going to do everybody's favourite segment. It is time for... Trade of the Day. And we are short on time this week, so we are going to go for two nice and easy ones. We are going to start with... I've lost it. I've lost it. I've lost it. I've lost it. There we go. Uh, James, we're going to start with you. It is a 12-team Superflex PPR Dynasty League. And on one side of the ball, we've got Nikhil Harry. And on the other side of the ball, we've got Zach Moss and Carlos Hyde. Who have you got and why? Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Considering everything I said earlier with Zach Moss, I'm probably going to have to say Nikhil Harry now. Um, <laughs> I th- I th- it's interesting because the Patriots could have an opportunity to sort of, you know, in re- what it feels almost like rebuild mode. I and mean, then Kill Harry is one of those young pieces that they can build around. And I mean, he wasn't, he was a bit underwhelming, I would argue, last year, but um, there were a lot of factors that played a part in that. And I, I can, I still see the potential in him. Julian Edelman's not going to last forever. Um, even though he seems to want to try to. Um, so I'm bordering on and Keel Harry here. Yeah, and I think with Zach Moss and Carlos Hyde, the usage is very much limited in there because they're, they're running back twos in their own offences. So I, I can see why you'd go for that. But uh, Twitter doesn't agree with you. 69, nice, 0.9% of Twitter is going for Zach Moss and Carlos Hyde in this one, although it's probably the least sexy trade of all time. <laughs> This I think a lot place. of it as well, you've got to bear in mind who would be the player you would have to drop in order to get Moss and High. If you if you still if you know if you've got the bench spot empty, then it is very close. If you're gonna have to drop someone who you maybe like or you know, back up the offense or something in your league, then you just have to think about it. Yeah, and I think that's what people very often forget about um, trades where it's an uneven amount of players being sent across. You could offer six, seven players in, in, in order for one, but that person has got to drop six, well, five or six players to to make room on their roster. So I think that's something that often goes um, unmissed in, in trade analysis. And Rob, we head over to you. It is a 12-team Superflex Dynasty 0.5 PPR league. 
And on one side of the ball, we have got Brian Edwards, who the hype train has well and truly left the station for in Las Vegas this year. And on the other side, we have got a 2023 first and a 2023 third. So that is uh, very much future future planning. Mm. Tough one. That's a very tough one because uh, usually I'd probably take the picks, um, but 2023 is a long way away. And Edwards could be something this year, especially with, with like I said, the Terrell Williams injury. So I'll, actually, I'll go Edwards here. Uh, yeah, Edwards, 2000, yeah, the first round pick later on is, is great, but you know that's two years away. You can always work something. If you want picks later in that sort of draft, then you can always work picks later near the time. So I'm going to go for Edwards here. <clears throat> and Twitter agrees with you. 58.5% of Twitter is in agreement. And this is the thing with, with Dynasty Leagues that we, that we always talk about. It's what stage are you at in your season? Are you in rebuild? Are you in win now? And I think if you're in win now, you would go for the picks, which kind of contradicts. But because those picks are so far ahead in the future, um, you've, got yeah. that, you've got that couple of years now to, yeah. to try and win out your championships. And then yeah. you can kind of get a head start on your on your rebuild mode yeah. there. Because if you're if you're win now, if you've got a team which is sort of gearing up to win a championship, Brian Bush probably isn't getting in that team. Yeah, um, he's a he's a bench player, and if he goes off, you know, if he goes off, then you might put him in as your flex or your RB. Like I've got a really good dentist. I was looking at it this morning. My one of my dynasty leagues teams is unreal, and um, you know, I've I've got players on the bench that I'm thinking I'm not going to play them, and they could be brilliant. Um, but I'm still from week to week. You know, providing there's no injuries, I'm still going to fancy the big names. Um, you know, maybe once or twice I'll put them in. So yeah, if you're if you're in that situation where you've got a good team and you don't need a Brian Edwards to take off, then yeah, go for the draft, go for the picks. Definitely, you made a good point there. Wonderful, and that concludes trade of the day. Of course, we'll do that again next week, and that concludes today's show. So. We've already mentioned Rob's prizes, the uh, place in the Listener League and the, the season guide, but also go check out the Full 10 Yards uh, Pick'em League as well. Uh, details of which can be found on our Twitter, which is at F10YFantasy. Loads of exciting stuff going on here at the Full 10 Yards, of course. And the even though uh, the college season looks in jeopardy, we're still getting some great college content being put out there, including of yourself, Mr. Rob Grimwood. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're um, we're recording every Monday at the moment. College podcast. We've got a good one coming up um, this Monday. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat this morning. Um, we're doing um, our first mock draft, um, so real life like NFL draft. Um, we're going through all thirty-two teams. Um, we've all been um, we've all been given teams to to pick four, uh, and we're currently halfway through doing that, and that's quite good fun. So we're going to be discussing that on Monday's show. So if you've got a half interest in in college, or, or you want to know uh, what sort of players to look out for this year, who you could go into the first round, it's a very interesting year in college in, in college football um, because there's there's conferences not playing uh, all sorts going on with this with this covid mess so so yeah give it a listen um, that'll be out i think i think we record on monday i think it's out tuesday wonderful stuff and where can we find you on twitter rob uh, you can find me at ff brickballer and james where can we find you on the old twitter sphere uh, at nfl hype train Toot, toot. <laughs> and I have just realized that I got my own Twitter handle wrong last week, so I had to edit that out. So uh... <laughs> so you can find me at dav underscore F10Y. It has been an absolute pleasure once again, gentlemen. So please check out our website, check out our Twitter, because uh, we've got so much exciting stuff going on right now. 
I've been David Davenport. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you very soon. Remember, keep those eyes peeled. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website, www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled. The Full 10 Yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL season guide. The boys have been working really hard this offseason to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including offseason wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. But there's more. We've also got an interview with TV personality Nat Coombs, along with a view from the sideline where a fan from every team gives their thoughts on the upcoming season. We include information on how you can support the game in the UK and information on how you can follow us and our work as we aim to invest our profits to help more people become coaches or officials in the UK. When you buy this guide, we will also give you a free PDF version of the guide so you can have it with you on the go at all times. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices all for just a one-off payment of $10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone. Whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up, this guide is for everyone. It's got everything you need to know about all 32 teams. Well worth anyone's money and you're putting money back into the BAFA community to help pay for coaching and refereeing courses. So there you go, folks. Go grab yourself a copy today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And as always, keep those eyes peeled.